Welcome to another week of Once Upon East 112. Uh, my name is Aaron Aver. With me, as always, Donatus. How are we doing this fine week? Aaron, man, I'm doing great, dude. Sitting here drinking a Sprite Zero, the unofficial sponsor of Once Upon <laughs> East 112. So uh, I'm doing good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I, I have my, my coffee here. Um, I will say... I don't really drink soda, but when I do, it is either Sprite or uh, ginger ale, specifically Canada Dry. So that that is. Do you drink Canada Dry? Yeah. Oh, there it is. That that is the one and only recognized ginger ale out there. Um, and those are my two sodas. So yes, we will be. If you want to hit us up, Sprite. Hit us up. Well, I guess Sprite is technically Coke. Hit us up, Coke, specifically Sprite, <laughs> or Canada Dry, and you can be our sponsors for our three yeah. people that listen. <laughs> this week, oh my goodness, this this week is what I have been the most excited about. This is already week six of our division breakdowns. I feel like we just started with the snoozer divisions, and now we're getting into the good divisions. Um this week is my personal favorite. We're going to be talking all about the NFC. Oh, no, we're not. AFC North today. <laughs> so if, if y'all didn't know that I was a Browns fan, I know. I almost, woo, we talk about the NFC North like first. Um, if you hadn't picked up in every podcast where I mentioned the Browns, that I'm a Browns fan, uh, I am a Browns fan, and this week I get to unashamedly talk about them Um I'll, I'll try and drop in the Browns at least every team uh, until we get to the Browns. So, you know, strategy. Um, yes, yeah, so we will go as normal. We will start with the Bengals. We'll go to the Steelers. We, then we will do the Browns uh, and the Ravens out of the fact that we've been doing division winners, I believe, last each time. So we will keep that trend, um, and my Browns will be third. Um Dimes, do you want the Bengals, or do you want me to take the Bengals? I'm taking the Browns first, regardless. I don't care if you want the yeah. Bengals first or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals. You sure? Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are kicking it off with the Cincinnati Bengals, who, with the first pick in the 2020 draft, chose to take uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. Um, so I think the majority, so I think across the board, um, for the AFC North, so many of these teams, their success depends on how well their quarterback plays. And I know that's kind of what, one of those, like, well, does the NFL, like everything depends on the quarterback, but I really, I, I really can't think of a division, um, where the, either the health or the play of a quarterback um, is really going to determine the uh, the team's records more than the AFC North. Like the quarterbacks in this division um, are what, to me, kind of separate whether this division could arguably be the toughest division in football versus being – I think they're in the top three regardless, but um, between being number one and being number three. And so um, with the Cincinnati Bengals, man, I'm excited to see – um, if Burrow starts off right off the bat, um, coming off week one, 
Or if they trot Ryan Finley out there. Ryan Finley had – he played decently last year um, when he did play. Um, so whether whether they roll out with Joe Burrow to start off or whether they, they allow Burrow to get – to sit for a few games, um, I don't know. It would be interesting to see. Um, after that, man, like the Bengals – from an offensive talent skill position, they're super excited, exciting to watch this year. Um, and I think they've done a really good job of building a, a strong core. Like they've obviously got Joe Burrow, who's a rookie. They've got Joe Mixon, who I think's been in the league for maybe three or four years, but he's he's a he's a he's a pretty good running back. Um, I think I think Joe Mixon, from a talent standpoint, has the potential to be like a top ten running back. He just hasn't really been able to put it together. He's battled injuries. Um, they still got Giovanni Bernard, who I feel like is 40 years old. He's been with the bank for 20-something <laughs> years. Um, but he's a, he's a good, solid, like, second, uh, string running back. And when Mixon goes down, Bernard is really good to pick up the slack. Um, they've got AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins listed as their starters on the ESPN depth chart, which I think is a really strong, um, wide receiver core. Um, but then their backup, even John Ross, who was t- taken ninth, I think, overall, maybe two year, two or three years ago. Um, but he's a speedster, so I want to see how, how Zach Taylor will use him this second year as of Zach Taylor running the, uh, running the team. Um, and then even Auden Tate, who they've got back in the pilot board right now, even Auden Tate, when he played last year, uh, did pretty good. So from a wide receiver standpoint, I'm not really concerned about them. Super excited to see how Pete Higgins um, compliments A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. I think that's a really good, um, solid wide receiver course. I'm excited about them. T.J. Uzma? I wanted to say, I wanted to say uh, C.J. Hushman, Hushman Zada. From, yeah. uh, from TJ Hushman Zada or whatever, Hushman Zada that played like years ago. So my Way back wanted, in the day. Yeah, my brain wanted to say that, but there's no, there's no Madonna on the end. So anyways, uh, TJ Uzma, <laughs> um, CJ Uzma, I'm sorry. Um, he, he backed up Tyler Eifert obviously last year, but again, I think when he played, he was pretty decent and I think, um, I think with Burrow throwing the ball, I think look for him to take that next step. Um, so you get really excited about their offensive skill position, and then they, you look at their line. Their line's just their line's not really good at all. Um, they got Jonah Williams, who didn't play last year, out of Alabama, who suffered an injury. I don't remember if it was uh, uh, an arm injury or for a leg injury, but um, so I think this will be his first full year playing. Um, so excited to see how he how he does. Um and then I don't know too much about their other starters besides Billy Price who came out of um Ohio State, I'm pretty sure who people were high on. Um we'll see if he if he ends up starting for them this year or not. Um defensively, from a defensive stint position, um their linebacking core I have a lot of questions about. Um I don't have too many questions about their defensive line other than, like, both Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins are both 30-plus. Um, they've been good for a long time, but, again, they're kind of getting up there in age. Um, Sam H- Hubbard played pretty good for them last year. 
Um, and then they've got DJ Reader playing besides, you know, Atkins. Um, their linebackers are, are younger, but they're inexperienced. They don't have a ton of experience starting, don't really have a ton of experience playing in general. So I got a lot of questions about them. Um, and then their secondary, their secondary is actually, is actually okay. Um, Trey Waynes, who was with, uh, the Minnesota Vikings for a long time, I think he'll be a good, Good corner. Same with William Jackson the third, and then Von Bell. Um, I think will be is a is a really good safety too. So um, the majority of this team, man, I think if they can get if they can get decent production out of their linebackers, um, I think Burrow and that offense should be able to put up some points. It's just going to be a matter of um, how many points does the defense end up giving up. But I. I think Burrow and, and this offense, once they hit their stride, I think they should be able to score about 25 points a game, um, which is which is enough to win you a good many games in the NFL. Um, I just I don't know if this defense is going to be able to keep them keep them in a lot of games. So that's kind of it for the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, man. What are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, as I was looking over the team, a lot of what you said I, I agree with. I think by adding T. Higgins this, uh, to the team when they drafted him, um, and then, you know, if A.J. Green is healthy, I think that 100% flips around uh, the dangerousness, if you will, of this team. Last year yeah. they were playing, what, Tyler Boyd, uh, John Ross, and, uh, and Auden Tate. And there's nothing against John Ross and Auden Tate, Um but T. Higgins and A.J. Green are a major upgrade <laughs> from those yeah, two. Yeah, uh, sure. It was pretty much the Tyler Boyd show on the wide receiver yeah. corpse, and that was it. So now that's going to free up Tyler Boyd. It's going to free up A.J. Green. It's going to free up T. Higgins. Safeties or defensive backs are really going to have to – or defense is really going to have to decide uh, who to key in on. Uh, so I'm excited yeah. to see that. I do not see a scenario where Joe Burrow doesn't start um, week one. Yeah. Unlike uh, Baker Mayfield or um, what we what we talked about with the Chargers with with uh, with Herbert or <clears throat> who are some of the other ones who aren't going to probably start immediately. Maybe Tua. There's not a legitimate right. starter um, yeah. behind him. I'm, I'm, let me tell you about the word legitimate. There's not someone behind him who you can <laughs> trust for five games um, while Joe Burrow gets used to the speed or gets ready to play. Um, they saw Ryan Finley a lot last year. He, you know, he is not – he may be a, a, a maybe a decent backup. I'm not convinced if Joe Burrow goes down, Ryan Finley is going to be one who can keep the game um, yeah. right. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know who Jacob uh, Dolgala – I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> so they don't have <laughs> – they aren't blessed with the situation of being able to let someone play while Joe Burrow learns. Because I do think even though Zach Taylor is new to this team last year, um, when you go 2-14 and 14 in your first year, um, and then they had a pretty good draft and pretty good free agency, you know, replicating a 2-14 and 14 season, uh, it's really hard to keep yourself off the hot seat, as we saw with Hugh Jackson um, with the Browns. Brown's reference number one. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> told you I'm here for it. Um, the running back situation I think is really good. Uh, I, I, Joe Mixon I think is going to, though he performed well last year, I think he'll perform even better this year. They have a quarterback that I feel like they know is going to be the future and they're going to trust with the team last year. 
Uh, they refused to trust Andy Dalton with the team, even though he was throwing to a bunch of scrubs. Um, and Andy Dalton is way better than Ryan Finley, yet they kept starting Ryan Finley. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but anyway, Joe Burrow is going to be a better solution. Joe Mixon is going to be able to run more. Uh, you mentioned Bernard. I, I, he was a starter at one point, and then uh, Jeremy Hill showed up, and he started for a second, and Joe Mixon came in like, I usually don't trust running backs in Cincinnati because they kept rotating through them, but yeah. they stuck to Joe Mixon this time. And, and so I think the, the duo between him and Bernard will be good. I am wondering or curious about the tight end position. Um, I saw a few games with CJ, CJ is what I'm going to call him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not, he's not that dangerous of a tight end. He didn't seem, he came down with some catches against the Browns when we played them. Um, but he's not one that, like, you would look at and say, you have to make sure he's covered. Um, yeah. My biggest question is, like you, was on the defense. Uh, the defensive line, I have no concerns, and even the DBs, I have no concerns. All my concerns are in the second level, uh, in linebacker. And my and the reason I think I could kill them is if a, you know, running back, or you can continue to pass, on that middle, that second level, and get, you know, five to seven yards each time, um, you're slowly going to wear down the defense. Um, I think you're going to put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow in his first season at offense to be able to keep up two offenses. Um, if if that young linebacking core can kind of get it together and, and come out um, – come out scrapping, uh, and we're going we're gonna to have this exact same conversation, I think, with the Browns as well, uh, number two. Um, <laughs> it's just the linebacking core can get it together. I think they'll be all right. One player I, I would kind of want to look out for um, is Akeem Davis-Gaither, who came out of Appalachian State, uh, linebacker. The Browns, I know that analysts during mock drafts had him favored to go to the Browns, and I know some Browns fans were excited for him, and he ended up going to the Bengals. Um, I think he's going to end up being something special, and he'll work his way up into the starting rotation at some point this year. Um, nice reference. What? That was Throwing a that in reference. there? Really good I, point, I'm yeah. telling you, man, I pay attention to AFC North. North. I'm going to sound like I know what I'm saying with the AFC North a little bit. Somebody, somebody um, did their homework. That was nice. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I noticed, I didn't notice he was on the depth chart until a second ago when I re-looked at it, and I was like, oh, they're the ones who drafted him, because I wanted him. I thought he would have been a good addition to our linebacking corps. Um, but all in all, I, mean, I think this is going to be a much better Bengals team than we saw last year. Um, I think Burrow is going to struggle initially, um, but looking at their schedule, I mean, it's not easy. But it's not – the beginning part is not going to be impossible for Burrow to to kind of get um, get his grips going. He starts with the Chargers, Browns, Eagles, Jags. Um, I think they could easily come out two and two with the team they have put together and then yeah. not have Joe Burrow torn to pieces um, going into the Ravens game in Baltimore. I, I, think, I think it's a nice – not easy schedule, but a nice, you know, not too, nothing too bad for Joe Burrow uh, to get situated with. Um, so what do you got? Over, under, two wins. This should be an easy one, man, in my opinion. Yeah, they're over. Um, I've got 
I've got them going five and eleven. That's just because that defense. I got questions about that defense. Truth be told, man, I, I mean, I, I really do think this this may be a little crazy considering we haven't seen the kids play in the NFL, but I think Burrow's good enough on his own to win you, you know, possibly five or six games. Um, oh, I'm there with I you. Got a lot of, I got a lot of questions about that defense, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna end up giving up more points than they're scoring, even with Burrow and that wide receiver uh, group leading them. Um, and then makes it. I'm really excited about this offense. I think this offense will score probably about 25 points a game. Um, it's just that the defense is going to give up 35. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what about what about you? Are you over or under? I'm over. I'm at. Uh, I think I've decided six wins. I think they'll get. So they'll get four more than last year. Um, yeah. I think their their offensive stats were not good last year. They were 20. Uh, fifth in the rush, 19th in the pass. I think that's going to significantly go up this year. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a perfect fit for the Zach Taylor offense. Um, and their defense was, was atrocious last year, but I think they made enough good offseason moves to be better than last year. Um, right. And their defense, if I believe correctly, got better throughout the year. Like They started out absolutely terrible last year, and then by the yeah. end of the season – uh, they were still bad, but um, <laughs> they weren't as <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So we'll we'll, we'll see what uh, what Bengals show up. I, I think they get at least six wins next year. All right, there you go. Bengals are in the book. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go. Ooh, I hate the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I think this, like we've seen with some other teams, is a story of two teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look at their, you look at their defense. Let me start with the defense. That's what I'm going to start at. Mm. And you look down that lineup, and you see Cameron Hayward, you see Chris Worley, you see T.J. Watt, um, you see Bud Dupree, you see Joe Hayden, you see Devin Bush Jr., Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. Um, you just see stud after yeah. stud after stud. This defense is easily, in my opinion, one of the best defenses in the league. Um, yeah. uh, and I think, I'm going to go and throw it out there, by the time T.J. Watt's career is all said and done, I think he turns out being the better Watt sibling. Um, yeah. I've, 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 I mean, that comes with me having the pleasure to watch him a minimum of two times a, a year. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I, most of my JJ Watt watching was in the playoffs or when they just give you a Houston Texans game, um, or highlights. <laughs> but I think TJ Watt is something special. Um, and I think by the end he'll be better than, uh, than JJ Watt. But that's, that's not the point. The point is <laughs> this defense is one of the best in the league. I don't think there's any, um, any holes. <laughs> I really don't. I think this team is this defense is, is built really well. Where there's holes is this offense, and this is the same issue. I don't think they addressed many of their issues in the off season with their offense. Um, this is a team that was 31st in the past game, and yes, I am aware, obviously, that um, that Ben Roethlisberger missed pretty much the entire season. And they were 29th in the rush game. And, yes, once again, I am aware that James Conner was hurt a majority of the year. I, I do realize that two of y'all's 
biggest um, offensive weapons were hurt. However, as far as the wide receivers go, I still do not believe that Juju Smith-Schuster um, is the number one. When when uh, when AB left after uh, two years ago, well, he's only been gone one season. So whatever years ago you want to make that. Um, when he left, I had a big concern with Juju because I thought that Juju benefited from having AB as the one. Um, I thought Juju was a really, really, really good two. And I had concerns on whether he could step up and be that one receiver that commands that respect, that can get the job done, and then still open up other receivers. Yes, I know he got hurt here and there. This is, I guess, a theme with the the Steelers last year. (laughs) I still don't believe he's a number one. And with as deep as the receiver draft was, I just don't think they addressed that issue. Um, They really addressed that issue with all of them. They drafted Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. but still, I don't think they addressed it enough to, to make sure they're set, whether in free agency, trade, whatever. Uh, same with James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Um, the issue with Chase Claypool is that they do decide that he's going to be a starter. Is he's not? He doesn't have. Once again, this comes back to not having a true number one, where he's going to have to step in, uh, and someone's going to stare in his face the entire time. They're not going to have to worry about another receiver. Um, yeah. Their offensive line. They also have, I think they're up there with the Colts as having one of the better offensive lines. They, they yeah. traditionally have a great offensive line, uh, and then I'm going to skip straight over them because that they just do. They have a great offensive line. <laughs> one big move that they made that I liked was um, by getting Eric Ebron from Indianapolis. Uh, one area they struggled last year, I, I don't remember if Vance McDonald was with them last year or not. Um, but the fact that they got Big Ben, um, let's see. Yes, he was there with them last year. They got, he got traded to them, um, in August of last year during the season or the beginning of the season. So they had Vance McDonald. He wasn't all too stellar. Granted, once again, you don't have your quarterback. Um, but I like that they got Ben Roethlisberger, two tight ends to work with. Uh, I know in his career, he's typically loved tight end specifically like when James or when Heath um the Heath Miller is that his name yeah 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 okay so like the, so there Jason Winton um Heath Miller was there for forever <laughs> and Big Ben loved him and threw it to him all the time so they gave him two big guys I'm just really concerned with Big Ben's health um, I know two years ago he contemplated retirement when they drafted people that looked like they were going to be his backup, um, and namely Mason Rudolph. Uh, he debated uh, retirement. He chose to stay. And then they traded away who I thought should have been his backup. Um, oh, what's his name? Dude, uh, Joshua Dobbs. Um, yeah. They traded him away, which I think they could have really seen what they had last year with him had they been able to keep him. And then um, – Ben Roethlisberger was hurt the entire season last year, forcing them to really see what they had with Mason Rudolph, which wasn't much, and then had to bring in Duck Hodges, um, who once again wasn't wasn't much. He may be a, a strong backup, but he's not a starter. And then behind them, they have Paxton Lynch and JT Barrett. So behind Ben Roethlisberger, there's a giant drop. Um, and if Big Ben still has those injury issues, uh, it's, it, it could be another 
bad year or Big Ben after that injury fell off. It could be another bad year. And my other concern is running back. James Conner was an absolute freak of nature two years ago. Last year when he was healthy, he struggled to get going, and then he got hurt, and then it was, you know, the season was pretty much done. But I'm afraid for them that he's going to turn out to be a lot like a David um, Johnson where he has that freak of nature year and then never achieves that again. Um, Behind him is um, Jalen Samuels, who had some decent games last year, and Benny Snell, who had some decent games. However, I don't believe that any of them are, in my opinion, you may have a different opinion, um, are going to be, if you you really want to run the ball, I don't think those two are your every down backs, and I don't believe, I I just have too many question marks about James Conner. So with however great this defense is, um, they may be on the field a lot, depending on what we see from this offense. If Big Ben doesn't, doesn't come back effectively, if he goes down again, if the run game can't get started, if the wide receivers can't get open, it's going to be an ugly year um, offensively for the Steelers, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I've got a lot of the same points that you touched on. I, th- I think you did a really great job of breaking this team down, this team down, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're absolutely right as far as, like, the majority of the success of this team is going to depend on the health of Ben Roethlisberger and uh, and James Conner. And um, unfortunately for them, you know, like, there's not another option in the NFL besides throwing the ball and running the ball, and that's the that's the place where they've got the most question marks. Um, from a, from a defensive standpoint, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. I think this defense is definitely playoff caliber. Um, I, I think they've got, they've easily got one of the top 10 defenses in the league. I think you could maybe even make the argument they might have a top five defense. Um, but the thing is like, man, this team, their, their defense is super young and they're super talented as well. Um, they play really well together. It kind of reminds me of the, the Steelers defenses, um, I say of old, but when I say of old, I mean when we were growing up, when you talk about, um, Troy Palomalu and some of those boys, yeah. uh, James Harrison, um, uh, there was another linebacker that they had when we were growing up that was a stud on their team. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of like what this defense reminds me of. And the Steelers are just, they're better, man, when they, when they have a really good defense. Um, you're looking at Stephon too and Cameron Hayward. Uh, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, who was drafted last year, came in, came in and played as a stud. Um, Terrell Edmonds came in and played as a stud last year. Bud Dupree's been good for a while. Joe Hayden, um, Joe Hayden, when he was with the Browns, I thought was the top, one of the top corners in the league a few years. And then it looked like he kind of fell off. And that's when the Browns traded him. And it looked like he's kind of been able to get his, uh, his edge back a little bit. I don't know that he's a top corner, but he's, He's a really good number one corner. Um, and then obviously Mika Fitzpatrick, who they, they really stole from the Dolphins last year. Um, should have been <laughs> illegal. Should have been illegal what they did to the Dolphins last year, but whatever. Um, so yeah, no questions at all, like you said about their defense. I think my biggest question is how healthy is Ben Roethlisberger this year? Um, and I, th- I saw somewhere where they said, you know, Ben Roethlisberger for his entire career has kind of been 
um, a glorified Eli Manning. And when I say that, I mean, like, Ooh. Eli Manning was a quarterback who um, he was either going to throw for, you know, four interceptions and 125 yards, or he was going to throw for, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. There wasn't really a lot of middle ground. And I mean, and that's what I mean with Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger, his stats are just that much better. Where He's not going to throw for, you know, 100-something yards, but Ben Roethlisberger could probably throw for four interceptions in the game. He'll still get you two or 300 yards, but he's going to throw for four interceptions in, in a game. Or he's going to throw for five or five or six touchdowns in a game with, you know, one or two picks. Um, he has a lot of trust in his arm, which, you know, has not really – in the past it hasn't really hurt him because he's got he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got one of the better arms in the NFL. Um, at least he did before he got hurt. And now, obviously, with that elbow injury, it's going to be interesting to see um, how much he has left. But I saw somewhere um, on one of the Pittsburgh wider – on one of the Pittsburgh websites that they were talking about – it's time for Ben Roethlisberger to just be a really great game manager. Um, and I think if they can find something with James Conner, they obviously, like you said, they've got the offensive line to be able to run the ball. As long as James Conner can stay healthy and produce for them, I think if Ben Roethlisberger will just um, see himself as a game manager, I think that's going to allow the, the Pittsburgh Steelers with this defense they could win a lot of games if Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't try to do too much with his arm. Um, unlike you, man, I'm, I kind of like their their wide receiver core. Um, I am. I'm not, you know, the more that I listen to you, I'm not as high on Juju Smith-Schuster as I was once. Um, last year I thought that he wasn't going to have a problem replacing um, Antonio Brown. I thought he was going to easily be be able to step in as a uh, as a wide receiver one. Um, and we saw from him last year that he's, he's, you're right. He's not really a wide receiver one. He's more of a two. Um, but I think he has the potential to, to be a one. I think his biggest difference is, um, when you look at some, when he, we'll just say like somebody like Amari Cooper. When you look at Amari Cooper, um, even if Dak Prescott was to go down, Amari Cooper is good enough by himself to make the quarterback look good and help that quarterback out. And I think that's something that we saw Juju Smith-Schuster struggle with a lot last year. Um, I'm excited about Eric Ebron, excited about Vance McDonald and that combo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, man, the, the biggest question just comes down to uh, to Ben Roethlisberger's health. Because um, if he goes down or if he's on himself, they don't have anybody behind him that can step in. Their best-case scenario would be Paxton Lynch um, being what he was – supposed to be when the Broncos drafted him, um, you know, number 26 in the first round, you know, four or five years ago. So, yeah, that's it for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Um, they somehow, man, uh, side note, Mike Tomlin's probably one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, if not my favorite coach in the NFL. Oh, he's, he's great. Um, I love Tomlin. He, he did an amazing job leading this team to an 8-8 eight and eight record. Um, are you over or under eight wins on this team this year? Under. Um, I, I, I don't think they achieve eight wins this year. Um, I, I just, I'm so hesitant with the offense. I know the defense is so good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just, 
too many reservations. I don't know what Big Ben's going to be. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I, I was surprised that the Steelers didn't go out and address the quarterback position at all this offseason. Yeah. Like, I know one of our predictions was that uh, Jameis Winston would end up there and then he would be able to learn behind Big Ben. And I feel like Big Ben would have actually taken to him. Um, shoot, they have the same legal background. They have um, <laughs> the same swagger, if you will, in terms of they think they are the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Big Ben would have actually been really good for Jameis outside of, of Big Ben's struggles as well. Um, I didn't mean all that in a, in a disrespectful manner. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they've been right. – I, I realize how it sounds. They, they, they both have been <laughs> down the same – Past, and I think that Jameis learning under someone um, um, like that, um, who has similar struggles and who also is, is a chuck it up type of guy, um, yeah. could help them be successful again in the NFL. Though Jameis really, you know, learning under Drew Brees, it's it, that's a step up. But listen, okay, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I was just surprised they didn't address the quarterback position especially with what happened last year with how bad those two backups were um, yeah. and that we don't know if Big Ben is going to be completely healthy. Also, side note, because I forgot to throw this in there, um, the Steelers started that fight. Um, all right, so you, you think it's over <laughs> or under uh, eight wins? <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, they did. Um, I think they are – I've got them winning eight games again. Um I when we started this podcast, I I had them down for nine wins, but the more that we talk about them, man, the more I just have I have questions about Roethlisberger and James Conner's health. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went seven and nine. Um, but I, I've got them going eight and eight this year. So, which I I hope I hope that I hope that doesn't get my Tomlin fired. Which I mean, again, he won't have a problem finding a job. Um, Atlanta. Um, so, yeah. Well, I was hoping uh, low key that when when the Steelers, because the Steelers were talking about his line being on the job or his job being on the line last year, and he really did yeah. a remarkable job. Um, like they started out what was like one and five or something, and they ended up going yeah. eight and eight. Um, yeah. Mike Tomlin is, is a phenomenal coach, um, and so I was kind of hoping as we continued to see the Freddie Kitchen disaster that they would fire Mike Tomlin because I would have more than happy more than willingly been happy to take um you know one of our rivals head coaches make them our head coach and then be really good um I'm very happy with Stefanski but that was my hope last year until he didn't get fired and we ended up with Stefanski um so if they they let him go it's going to be a mistake on their on their behalf because yeah. he's a great coach and he's going to turn somebody else around or keep them winning. Uh, whoever fight, well, I guess turn them around because whoever fires their coach, obviously they're not already winning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, but I'm under, I'm under eight wins. Um, ooh, we're already halfway through this division. All right. I know I started off the Steelers, but I'm also starting off the Browns because that's my team. In case you didn't know, I am a Browns fan. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna mention that a few more times. Um, do we uh, do we have time for you to tell the listeners real quick how you became a Browns fan? Yeah, you know, so 
I have a loose uh, knowledge of because I, I I claim this to be the reason why I became a Browns fan. My my uh, my grandfather was a Browns fan when Jim Brown played. I always heard talk about Jim Brown, but then I all but then I followed it up with the video games and I played as the Browns all the time, winning Super Bowl Super Bowls with Tim Couch, uh, you know the Super Bowl winning quarterback, and. Uh, <laughs> And I, I kind of indoctrinated myself into Cleveland Browns fandom. Um, didn't live there. Grandfather never lived there. Um, none of my family's from there. None of my family is a, is a Browns <laughs> fan. But here I am, the lone Browns fan in my family. Um, been this way since they came back. Because once they came back to Cleveland in 99, I was – seven years old, so I was getting into <laughs> pro football, and so it just, just seemed right. It just seemed right. Why not <laughs> Why not become a Browns fan in that moment in time? <laughs> oh, man, and we have seen the struggles. We have had one winning season since I've been a – no, two winning seasons since I've been a fan. One time we made the playoffs. One time we missed the playoffs. Um, it's been great. Um, and the time we made the playoffs, we got knocked out by the, the Steelers. But y'all didn't come here to hear about that. <laughs> y'all came here for some, some good old analysis about the best team in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. All right. All right. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of, of um, hyperbole that's going to be happening here during this section um, with some honest truth. So last year, as we all know, was an absolute and utter disaster. Um, we got hyped off of off of free agency in the off season. I was hyped. I was talking about playoffs. I believed it. Um, and then Freddie Kitchens is a terrible head coach. Um, and here we are at six and ten. So here's my thing with with the Browns this coming year. Um, I'm once again optimistic about this season as I am every season um, because I because I think we had a really good free agency um, and draft so this year we're returning a lot of our skill or all of our skill players not even a lot of our all almost all of our skill players because I think we'll end up trading David Njoku because he wants out um, but we're returning Jarvis Landry Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Rashard Higgins, who if you don't know who Rashard Higgins is, he's a wide receiver um, that I believe we took like in the fifth or sixth round uh, four years ago. Last year I thought it was going to be a big breakout party for him. I'm a big Higgins fan. Um, and then he got hurt, and then Freddie Kitchens refused to use him. Luckily he chose to sign back because he's a big fan of Baker. Watch out for that name next year. I think they're going to utilize him big time. Um and then we also drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we stole in the sixth round, uh, or was it seventh round? Maybe it was the seventh round pick, um, out of, yeah, no, sixth round, out of Michigan. His talent-wise was supposed to be projected to be like a second round caliber receiver, but his, his, the downside is apparently, you know, when you go to Michigan and Shea Patterson is your quarterback uh, and the <laughs> offense is not good, that you're <laughs> – your, your stock as a receiver drops. So if he's as good as analysts speak come up to be, uh, we have a really good receiving core with Landry, Beckham, Higgins, and People, Peoples-Jones. Um, 
as far as behind them, I think uh, Damian Ratley and Kadero Hodge could be okay um, um, ends to the roster that will be kept. So we'll have those four, and if we keep six receivers, we'll probably keep them too because they played a lot last year whenever Kitchens refused to play Higgins. Um, so really good receiving core. We went out and, and nabbed Austin Hooper, who I was excited about because we were going to have Hooper and Njoku. Uh, if we get rid of Njoku, then it's going to end up being Hooper and probably Harrison Bryant, the um, the rookie tight end out of, I think it was FIU uh, or Florida Atlantic, one of those, no, Florida Atlantic sounds right, Florida Atlantic. Um, and then we also have Stephen Carlson, who came on the scene last year for us. We picked up um, – in free agency and, and did pretty well when the Joku was down and we were shuffling through tight end. Um, our line, which was atrocious last year, significantly better. We went out and got Jack Conklin uh, from Tennessee, and then we went out and drafted Jer- uh, Jedrick Wills, um, who, though he was the right tackle at Alabama, um, after listening to Joe Thomas talk on the podcast, on their podcast, the Tomahawk Show, because he's obviously legendary left tackle, Cleveland Browns. Um, the big question was, how easy is it going to be for him to transition from right to left? And Joe Thomas described it as, it wasn't quite this, but it was the equivalent of like relearning to ride a bike. Um, he said, but the good thing is that even coming in, like when he came into the league from left tackle to left tackle, it was still almost that difficult because everything is different in the NFL. So, therefore, if he's yeah. coming in learning left tackle instead of right tackle, it shouldn't be all that difficult. Yes, there will be struggles, but it's not going to be what we saw last year with Greg Robertson or Robinson letting anybody and everybody through the line because um, he was just a, a – a, whatever those rotating doors are is what, uh, <laughs> is what Greg Robinson was last year, man. It was it was sad. Um <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we bring back both running backs, which I'm excited about. Uh, Chubb was always going to be back. Kareem Hunt, I was worried if we were going to be able to bring him back or not. Um, he signed whatever uh, second-round tender we put out. Uh, no one else wanted to give us a second-round pick for him. Um, so we still get that double-head monster of Chubb and Hunt that I think we'll see even more now because Stefanski is a big running guy. Um, as we saw last year in in um, Minnesota when um, – oh, crap, the running back. What's his name? Um, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Well, we saw him explode back up because he, he had an off year the year before after being hurt for a year, and last year he blew up. So I'm excited to see what Stefanski brings for the two-headed monster, Chubb and Hunt. Um, and I am – anyone that knows me knows that I, from the moment we drafted – Baker Mayfield. I have been all about it. I am a huge – I have never been this excited about a quarterback for the Browns in my entire I've, – I've overreacted several times. I have bought <laughs> several shirts of other quarterbacks that I thought would be it. But none of them reached the excitement of Baker Mayfield to this point where I went out and bought like four shirts within a week of us drafting him that, that were Baker Mayfield shirts because I am that – high on Baker Mayfield. I think his, despite his interceptions last year, I think his accuracy is one of the best in the, uh, is, is one of the best in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, 
I think where we saw those interceptions come from is the line was so bad and the play calls from Freddie were so bad where they were calling like four goes um, or everyone run to the same spot is what I'm calling it. And so Baker's trying to force the throw to OBJ or force the throw to somebody um, that it ended up getting picked off. And, yes, we were 22nd in passing yards, but I promise you Freddie Kitchens was that bad if you watched the game. It was constantly all goes and then randomly run the ball like um wouldn't run the ball the whole first half and then decide coming out the second half, let's establish the run game. Or we'd <laughs> run it the whole first half and he's like, all right, we're done running the ball in the second half. We're not doing that. So it, it was ridiculous. Um Sorry, y'all didn't come here to hear me rant. But I think that Baker Mayfield's <laughs> going to take a better step this year in year three. Uh, I think last year was an off year based on the coaching. Uh, the OC, Alex Van Pelt, came in, uh, and he mentioned that he had been watching Baker film once he got hired. And from day one, he said he he already had pinpointed a plan for what Baker needed to work on to be better. Um, and it was footwork. And lo and behold, about a few weeks later, uh, videos came out of Baker working on the footwork that Van Pelt set home. Van Pelt has a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was all about him as the QB coach. Uh, and then once he got let go there, um, Aaron Rodgers told a statement of how disappointed he was. So I think he's going to turn Baker around. The offense, not concerned about not even the offensive line this time. There's, um, um, yeah, the offensive line I think is finally good. The offense is good. It's the defense is where I'm a little bit worried. The line, uh, Garrett, Ogunjobi, Richardson, Vernon, I think can be one of the best defensive lines in the NFL pending injury. Mm-hmm. Um, our defensive line was amazing last year until Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once he did that, we lost – we lost so much sack power. It, I mean, I, I didn't realize it would be that major of a difference. Uh, he was on, on track to get 30 sacks last year. Um, losing him completely derailed our line. Olivier Vernon got hurt. We didn't have viable backups for Garrett or Vernon. Uh, we couldn't contain the outside edges. We went out and got Adrian Claiborne to back up Olivier Vernon. So if, if Vernon is, you know, is an injury issue again. We have a legitimate backup behind him. Um, I don't expect Miles Garrett will be swinging his helmet at anybody else um, this year. So this defensive line, I think, is one of the best in the whole league. It's a very nice, well-rounded D-line. I'm going to skip down and go to our, our defensive backs. I'm very high on our DBs. Um, yeah. Denzel Ward, we took him number four overall the year we took Baker. People were stunned that we didn't take Bradley Chubb. They thought that the Chubb-Garrett combo would be good, but then I saw a quote that said, well, you already got the line set up, but no one's uh, in the secondary. Why don't you take care of, you know, something that you have you have no one there? And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Uh, Denzel Ward came out his rookie year, was a stud his rookie year, was really good last year. Uh, Greedy Williams had some struggles last year, got burned a few times, um, but overall had a very decent year. Um, our secondary battled with injury a lot. There were a few games where all four of our DBs were all third-string DBs. Um, th- there were some rough games <laughs> watching that in action. 
But I think if, if they can stay healthy, they'll be fine. Grant Delpit, I'm extremely excited about um, that we took him uh, in the second round from LSU. I wanted him, either him or Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney got taken a few picks before us, so bringing in Grant Delpit, uh, we, we were in need of a safety, and we delivered in the safety. Uh, we were also in need of a strong safety. We signed Carl Joseph, who was a former first-round pick but didn't live up to the hype. We gave him a one-year contract uh, to let him kind of prove himself, and hopefully he takes that seriously, and hopefully he shows out, and, and I think our, our DBs are set. The issue is our linebacking core. Just like with um, was it with the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals, yeah. um, our linebackers, I believe they're good. I believe, I also believe they're very, very young. Uh, Jacob Phillips is a rookie this year out of LSU. Um, Taki Taki is a, is a second year out of BYU and Mac Wilson is a second year out of Alabama. Mac Wilson has some, some tackling problems, but he is a coverage threat. He came out with, uh, oh, he has at least five picks. I wish I had in front of me. At least five picks last year. He's, he's an, a coverage linebacker threat. Um, if he can get down to tackling issues, there's no problem there. Taki Taki, we didn't see much from because Schobert was there. We let Schobert walk. Um, I guess Taki Taki doesn't play outside backer at all because we had a rotating sandbacker last year um, while Taki Taki sat the bench. I, I think he can come in. Helmer B.J. Goodson can come in. Hopefully one of them can fulfill the Schobert role. Uh, Schobert was a great game manager, was a get-after-it type of guy. Uh, hated to see him go, but I think Taki Taki can take over. And I really want to see what Jacob Phillips can do in that sandbacker role. Um, last year, it seemed we were playing one backer down. Don and I were texting about some of the players for the Browns last year, and I completely forgot about our third backer because they were that bad. Um, so I'm just interested to see what happens there. If those linebackers show up, I think we put we have a well-rounded team Um and then just in case our offense isn't good, uh, we have, in my opinion, a, an elite place kicker uh, and a very good punter. So, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have those covered. <laughs> I feel like I went really long here as I delved in and, and, and ranted about several things. But what are your thoughts, my Browns, Dionysus? No, man, that's, uh, this is your team, dude. So um, you obviously, again, did a great job with it. Um, man, I think for me – it's just the one question that I think covers the entire team, and it's can the talent finally produce? Um, I, I pulled up this roster when we started talking about them, and I was like, okay, they're loaded at that, that position. They're loaded there. They're loaded there. They're loaded there. Um, I think as you look at the Browns, man, and obviously you would know a little bit better, but their second team, um, I think their second team, would be a decent NFL team. Um, and that, and so that, that just speaks a lot. Like, I think their second team, um, could be a lot of NFL teams. Um, cause I mean, I'm just looking at the ESPN, their, their depth chart, that team would be led by Case Keenum, Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt, Donovan Peoples Jones, Damian Ratley, David and Joker, if he stays. Um, I mean, you probably have questions about that, you know, their their offensive line. But even defensively, you would have Adrian Claiborne, 
Uh, Jordan Elliott, Chad Thomas, who I, th- I think I remember you talking pretty highly about him either last year or the year before that. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Don't mention that. I fell off that. I, I th- no, I did. I did speak highly <laughs> of him because I thought he would be a viable option for the Miles Garrett suspension, and that mm, that didn't happen. Scratch <laughs> that. All right. <laughs> Don't forget to go back and erase that. <laughs> um, but then, I mean, you know, even like Terrence Mitchell, didn't he play? He started for you guys. Oh, ter- yeah. Terrence Mitchell's a, a stud stud. So I think we'll, we'll be able to have some three cornerback sets out there. And Terrence Mitchell, he, he's legit, dude. And the fact that he stuck yeah. around, he's good. Yeah. And then even um, Andrew Sandejo, who was really good with the uh, – uh, Minnesota Vikings. So, anyways, I mean that's that's just their second team. So, let alone their first team, um, it's the the you know we talked a little bit, and I hope um, actually I'm not going to say that, but we talked we talked we talked a little bit yesterday about how good from a win loss record. That's all I'll say that the Browns could be um, this year, and I think they they have the potential offense or as a team from a talent standpoint to win the most games in the NFL. Um, they're just, they're super loaded from a talent standpoint. Um, it's just, can the talent finally marry together with the coaching, um, and put it all together? And I think that this could kind of be the year that the Browns finally figure it all out. Um, I am interested to see what happens with David Njoku. Um, I'm surprised that he wants out. I saw somewhere yesterday where, um, he apparently had won it out last year, which, you know, again, um, Freddie Kitchens was calling plays. Freddie Kitchens, to me at least, made it obvious that he wasn't too high on David Njoku. Um, yep. And apparently that left a bad taste in David Njoku's mouth that he wasn't able to get out the same way that uh, Rashard Higgins was able to, to, you know, move on from it, which obviously props to Rashard Higgins. Um, it's got to be tough, a coach saying that they don't want you and, and you still willing to come back um, and play for that same team next year, the following year. But that, again, just speaks to the relationship that he has with Baker Mayfield. The, the reason that he came back for the Browns and took such a huge pay cut, um, I think he's only getting paid like $900,000 or something like yeah, that. He's making the minimum. Um, and he he's, he can make multi, multi-million dollars. He's a, he's a really good receiver. Um was because of the relationship that he had with Baker Mayfield. So, um, anyway, interested to see what ends up happening with Njoku. I saw that it looks like they're only going to be able to get a fourth or fifth round pick for him, um, which would be tough because he was a first round pick. I think they should be able to get at least a third round pick for him, but we'll see. Um, which Harrison Bryant was the most productive tight end in the, uh, the, at the collegiate level last year. So even if Njoku leaves, they're not really, they're not losing too much because Harrison Bryant's going to be able to step in with Austin Hooper and perform and produce, um, one of the top, uh, tight end duos in the, in the NFL, if not the top tight end duo in the NFL. Um, interested to see how Kevin Stefanski does from a, uh, a coaching standpoint. I don't know if he's going to be the one calling the plays or um, if it's going to be, do you say Alex Alex Van Pelt's their offensive coordinator or is he their quarterback coach? Uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Gotcha. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see who's, Hard, going, to play, who's going to call maybe. the plays. Do you know? Who's going to uh, be Stefanski hasn't announced. I, I'm assuming it's going to end up being Stefanski, uh, which I'm hesitant on because um, – 
Because Freddie Kitchens insisted on calling his own plays, and that was a train wreck, yeah. and he was trying to learn to be a head coach. I just yeah. don't want Stefanski to put so much on his plate that it uh, it goes south. Yeah, and I and I, I agree with you, man. That, I, to me, that's a mistake that uh, that Dan Quinn made last year was trying to be a defensive coordinator and head coach. It's just really hard to do both um, head coaching positions, and then also, you know, head coaching, and then also an offensive or defensive coordinator. Um, interested to see what your running game looks like with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt, obviously, his first year when he came out, led the league in rushing. Um, before he got suspended, looked like he was going to be a top five running back in the league. Um, I still think he has that potential. So you're talking about having two, um, potentially two top five running backs on your team, which is unfair. Um, <laughs> that's like that's just, that's just, it's not fair. That's not right. Um, and then like we talked, like you talked about, man, can the, can that young linebacker core, continue to build off what they started last year when you look at Taki Taki, which is a fun name to say, um, and then Mac Wilson as well. Um, who who comes in at that um that weak linebacker position between BJ Goodson and uh Jacob Phillips who was a stud for the NFL or the uh L S U Tigers last year. I pre- I'm pretty sure he led their team in tackling. Um that defense was stacked and Jacob Phillips Phillips was the reason that that, that defense was so good. Um and then, man, can 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 our boy Olivier Vernon stay healthy, man? Um, I think – I know I was. I, I don't remember if you were, but I think we were both pretty high on him um, coming over from the Giants in that in that trade that ended up being part yep. of the uh, – a combination of the uh, Odo Beckham Jr. trade. Um, Olivier Vernon was a stud with the uh, New York Giants. Obviously, he battled injuries for the Browns, but I think, like you said, he's got the potential to be one of the top – um, pass rushers in the NFL. We saw that when he was with the Giants. Um, he was he was a stud playmaker on that team. Um, can he stay healthy? Can he produce? Which again, like he said, um, even if he was to go down, they've got Adrian Claiborne, who is granted he's 32 years old, um, but he's he's still been really good. Um, he's not he's not a he's not a joke. He's not a pushover. Um, he'd still be able to come in and give really good production at that. Uh, that opposite um, Miles Garrett defensive end position if Olivia Vernon was to go, go down. Um, and then finally, I want to see how good this secondary can become. I think they have the potential to become a top five secondary by the time this year is all said and done. I know that's a really high bar to set, um, but I want to see if they can reach it. Um, Denzel Ward, you can make the argument, I think, is a top five corner in the NFL. I think you could – I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call somebody crazy if they said that Denzel Ward was one was one of the best, if not the best, corner in the league. Um, I know you've got Stephon Gilmore and some of those other guys, but I, I think I think that highly of Denzel Ward. I think he is that good. Um, Grady Williams, I was high on last year. Obviously, he struggled a little bit, but I think this being his second year in this defense, I think he's going to live up to his potential. When he came out. Um, last year, the, the Browns, I thought, got a steal for him um, in the second round. Greedy Williams was being talked about before um, he came out. The the offseason leading up into his final year at LSU, um, he was being talked about one of the top corners in the in the in the um, at the college level. He struggled a little bit that last year at LSU, um, which obviously affected his draft stock. Um, and then he struggled a little bit last year, but I think he's going to live up to put his potential. 
Grant Delphi, I know he hasn't played a game in the NFL. He's already probably one of my favorite safeties in the NFL. Um, <laughs> he reminds me a lot of um, – I just drew a blank on his, his name. Derwin James um, out of San Diego, who I think Derwin James is probably the best safety in the NFL. But they're both super versatile. Um, you look at how the Chargers moved uh, Derwin James around. He came off the edge some. He played from the linebacker position some. He obviously played safety. He played a little bit of uh, slot corner. He was just – they move him around the field, and they do a really good job um, putting him in positions. That's going to allow him to be a playmaker. Grant Delpit has the potential to be that exact same kind of player. Um, you can put him at a slot corner. You can bump him down to play linebacker right outside. You can bump him down on the edge to give you some speed to come off the edge. Um, he's obviously a really talented safety. Coming into last year, he was being talk- talked about as a top 15, possibly top 10 pick in the NFL. Um, battled injuries at, at LSU and kind of struggled a little bit at times with production. But even even though he struggled, um, Grant Delpit made plays for LSU um, when they needed him to make plays. He's just got a knack for being a playmaker um, and coming up with a play that's going to seal the game when they need when they need him to. And I'm, I'm super excited about watching Grant Delpit play in the NFL. I'm glad that it's uh, he's playing for a team that I'm a, a bandwagon fan of so that I can continue to support him and the team. Um so that's really it, man. I, the biggest question is just can the Browns finally live up to the I'm not going to say hype, but the uh the talent um that this that they um that they have because they they have the potential to be a really 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 good team. Um so that's kind of it. Did you have anything else to get into before we get into the obvious um uh over under? Anything else? To well, about my, the my only thing I forgot to say was uh, was I've forgotten all about Case Keenum and and that being a major point oh, yeah. of why I think Baker's going to have such a great year this year. Um, the year that Baker did really well, he had Tyrod behind him to help him learn. Last year, when Tyrod left, they didn't give him a legitimate backup to learn from or even push him um, competitively. And I think we saw that between the play calls, Baker doing a lot more talking off the field than than production on the field. Um, you know, you, you're the one who I think who told me that you saw that Baker recruited Case Keenum and Case Keenum, yeah, uh, came off of Baker's recommendation. Yeah. And Case has, the, Case Keenum has a relationship with Stefanski and the offense they're going to run. Um, and so therefore, if in a scenario that Baker gets hurt, you have a quarterback that knows the system, but you right. also have now a starter and a backup who I think could easily develop a good relationship because Baker wanted him there. And even yeah. though we're in this whole COVID situation, we have a backup quarterback who ran that offense and ran it pretty well in Minnesota when he had his yeah. starting year. Um, so I think that's also going to help towards Baker's development going into this third year um, to be a electric quarterback. So I'd be on the watch out for him. But no, that's, that's it. I just forgot all about, all about Case and we have a legitimate backup to push Baker this year. Um, so if Baker's not getting the job done, we have somebody to turn to. It's not like we're stuck with someone not producing, though I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Yeah. Um, 
Right, over under. We had uh, six uh, wins last year. Yeah, yeah, they're over easily. Um, I've got, I've got your Browns going eleven and five, man. Um, oh, yeah, that's going to lock up a playoff position for them. Um, I think that this is finally the year that this team comes together, um, that the talent matches, um, that the production matches the talent. I'm not gonna lie, like they've got they've got a pretty tough ish um first half, but um that second half I've got them going like seven and one in that sec the second part of the season. Um so I think I think they'll be what what is that? Three and four or whatever, four and four maybe, um, after the first half, but I think they'll go seven and one and, and finish eleven and five. Um, whatever the math is, my math may be off there, but yeah. What are you? What about you? You, I'm that, that is you're the, obviously over. But oh, that's the exact same under. thing I had. Um, I, I've debated between ten and six and eleven and five, um, but I, I think I narrowed it down to definitely being uh, eleven and five. Um, I think we break, we 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 make in the playoffs this year easily, um, yeah. regardless if we go eleven and five or nine and seven. I think we get in. Um, I think that the addition of that new playoff spot is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna really help us actually get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, right. You know, eventually they have to let all of us in, right? Um, <laughs> I think this year we finally break through and make the playoffs. But I do think we go eleven and five um, this year as well. Oh, that makes me feel good. I know what I'm talking about. That, that, that was cause I've got I've gone through this a few times. Um, someone sent me that they thought that uh, uh, we'd go five and eleven, but that there's no reason for the Browns fans to be concerned because um, because it's a new head coach and everything. And I was like, oh no 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 no! I said if we go five and eleven, that's worse than last year. Um, <laughs> and we had a terrible head coach last year, so if we Improved our offensive line and kept our talent, and we do worse than last year. No, that's, we're, we are causing absolute mayhem. Um, yeah. Now nah, we're, we're going, we're going eleven and five next year. That's what it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> Lock it in. All right. Lock it in. And now the final team in the division, the reigning champs, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Take it away. All right, yeah, this team finished uh fourteen and two last year and had the best record in the NFL. Um they looked like the most dominant team in the NFL for the majority of the year. Uh obviously Lamar Jackson surprised the majority of people. Um I heard somewhere where Lamar Jackson is like I don't know the exact stat, but he's maybe like nineteen and three or something like that. Um in the regular season, and then he's 0-2 in the playoffs. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that that kind of sums up how I feel about the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Again, it's going to the term. It's going to come down to Lamar Jackson, um, but more so for the Ra- Ravens. Like, spoiler alert: I've got the Ravens um, obviously making the playoffs. I'll give my record for them later on. Um, it's just going to be when they get into the playoffs, can Lamar Jackson finally lead them to a victory or not? Um, one of my questions is, is this team possibly better than last year? Not necessarily from a win-loss standpoint, uh, but just from a, uh, uh, personnel standpoint. Like we talked about with the draft, 
Um, they they went out and had a phenomenal draft, man. They had the best draft, I think, by both of our standards um, in the, in the entire NFL. Um, and this is another team as you kind of look at their second string. Their sec their second string to me is not as deep as the Browns, but they still got a pretty good second string. Um, Robert Griffin the third was actually taken second overall, uh, 2012. Kind of struggled, had injuries in, in his career, but he's, he's ended up being a pretty good backup. And him, him and Lamar Jackson play pretty similar to where they don't have to change the offense too much if Lamar Jackson, um, does go down. They've got Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards, um, leading that running game. I think they've arguably got probably the best, they have the potential to have the best running game. Um, in the NFL, Gus Edwards, again, was really good last year. Um, him and Ingram did a really good job carrying carrying the team from a running back position. Um, and then Justice Hill, who they took out of Oklahoma State, a lot of people were high on when he came out last year. Um, J.K. Dobbins had a really great productive career um, at Ohio State. I thought he was one of the better running backs. Um, in the league, I think he ended up, or in the uh, in the draft, I think he ended up being taken maybe first or second out of no, maybe second or third. I don't know. Anyway, he was he was picked <laughs> above some of the uh, some of the other running backs, but it, you know the way that the Ravens say he it was kind of like J.K. Dobbins is there. Like, why would we not take him? <laughs> like, I mean, if he's going to be there, you might as well take him. Um, yep. Wide receiver wise, no questions about them. Marquise Brown, I want to say, see if he can stay healthy. Um, Willie Sneed, the fourth, and then Miles Boykin, um, were both pretty good last year. Keep an eye on Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Um, I think he has the potential to step into one of those wide receiver positions. Right now, they've got him as backing up Marquise Brown. Um, but he's going to be a really good safety, um, safety target for Lamar Jackson. He's going to be a really good slot receiver. Uh, he runs a 4-3. He's built like an ox, man. He's 5'11 and like 210 pounds. Um, he's just, he's built strong, man. Um, Mark Andrews emerged as one of the top tight ends in the league last year. He'll, I think he'll continue to build on it. Nick Ball backing him up is again another good tight end. Um, their offensive line again is really good. They did lose Marshall Yonda. Um, who had been really good for a really long time with them. I think he was with them for like 13 years. Um, but DJ Fluker stepping in should be able to replace um, some of the production that they're losing with Marshall Yonda. Um, I'm sorry, that's the wrong position. Bradley Bozeman is the one that's going to be re- replacing him. Um, a couple of questions about him. He wasn't as consistent last year as they wanted him to be, but I think that I think that he'll end up being good. I don't have any questions about that offensive line. And again, really no questions about their defensive about their defense except for Jalen Ferguson who's playing that strong linebacker position. Um and then Chuck Clark who's playing the strong safety position. Everybody else I don't have any questions about. Derek Wolf, um Justin Madubuke out of um I think he was out of Mississippi State. Um, who they drafted, he's going to be able – or Texas A&M, I'm sorry. He's, he's going to be really good for them, backing up Derek Wolf, um, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, obviously no questions about them. Matthew, Matthew Judon started to come on towards the end of last year and really started to prove himself as being one of the top um, edge rushers coming off. He plays the, uh, the Will linebacker position. He did really good for them last year. He had nine and a half um, sacks and four forced fumbles. Um, 
and then they're deep at linebacker again. They've got LJ Ford, Patrick Queen, who they took um, out of LSU. I guess I got Jacob, I got Jacob Phillips and Patrick Queen um, confused, but Jacob Phillips did really good for LSU too. But I, he wasn't the one that led that team. It was Patrick Queen, um, and then uh, Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas, and Marcus Peters. So. Um, and then even back in the month, they got Jimmy Smith, who started for them a couple of years ago and was really good. Um, and then Tavon Young backing up Marcus Peters. So um, I don't have too many questions about this team. Um, I think, again, they're going to be one of the better teams in the, in the NFL. Um, I think my biggest question is just can Lamar Jackson be as great as he was last year consistently again? Um, can he can he take that next step as a passer um, I know that you have some questions about him as a passer. I didn't really have too many questions about him as a passer, especially seeing it last year. Um, but can he can he do the same thing again? Because, um, you know, now teams have two years of him, and I think they're going to kind of be able – I think teams will finally figure out that they need to put a spy on Lamar Jackson. Because, um, I mean, he's he's not like – most quarterbacks you can play like 11 on 10, and it's not going to be a big deal. Lamar Jackson forces you to play 11-on-11 football. Um, You have to have another player position that's going to key in on on Lamar Jackson. So, um, again, not too many questions about them from from a team standpoint other than can they finally be worth something when when the playoffs come. So I know that's kind of short, but that's really it for me on the Ravens. Do you have have anything much on this team? Yeah, there, well, there's a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I do think that this team um, wins the division. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and not go out crazy like that. They're, they're going to win the division. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make those crazy claims yet. Um, <laughs> I do have questions still, and, and I hate to be that one who, who still wonders with uh, – with Lamar Jackson, because I, I wondered about him going into last season that he showed up being able to throw a little better. Uh, but they still ranked 27th passing. Um, yeah. uh, though they were the, I believe they were the, the number one scoring team, um, last year. Uh, they were first in rushing yards with 206 a game. Um, yeah. the past yards were 20, or were 201.6 a game. Um, and so my concerns with Lamar is I, I like to say they have more tape on him, but they had tape on him last year. He still tore the league up. Um, is I would like to see, he doesn't have to be an elite passer is the thing for him. He doesn't have to be an elite passer. Um, but I feel like where that really caught up to him was when he got to the playoffs and you're playing some better teams. And I believe um, when they got beat by the Titans, I think that was, um, I could be thinking the season before. Did they, had they played the Titans earlier in that uh, year? Um, I, I think so. I'm looking at it. Oh, no, they didn't. Uh, I thought they had. Um, they lost the Titans where, surprisingly, though, Lamar threw for 365 yards. So I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> but I would like to see him step up as a passer. I am not as big on the receivers. Um However, it does help when you have a tight end that came onto the scene like Mark Andrews that when in doubt you could throw it anywhere near Mark Andrews and he caught it and therefore you had to completely respect the tight end and it can open up the receivers a little more. Um, 
as far as the defense goes, uh, or the running backs, I think they have potentially one of the best running back duos uh, in the league, depending on how J.K. Dobbins turns out. Um, my only question marks outside of, of Lamar Jackson throwing, which, once again, I, I'm not saying he's going to be bad in the least. Um, I just think the way Lamar plays, he has a much shorter career than some other ones because you can't Good keep point. that pace for that long. Yeah. Um, however, if, if, if he has a 10 year career, the style he plays and he wins, you know, two Super Bowls, um, I would say that's a, that's a very successful 10 year career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. just the way he currently plays, I can't see him keeping that up for 15 plus years. I think it's a 10 year, yeah. 10, 12 year career. And then if you win a few Super Bowls, 100% worth, uh, or successful short career. My biggest concerns is going to be um, at the linebacking core, and that's mainly to see because um, they have two rookies that I anticipate will be putting in a lot of work between Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen. Um, how do those two adapt to the game? Uh, that was the only missing pieces or, or quote-unquote weak areas in the defense was the linebacker. They addressed it. Um, now just to see how do they play in lifetime. Are they as successful, um, as they are hoped to be? Uh, their, their DB core is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> their, their D line is ridiculous going out and, and, and getting Clyde Campbell, uh, Derek Wolf. Um, their O line, <laughs> once again, they're also a really good O line. Um, it's just for me, can Lamar continue to grow as a passer? Yeah. Um, and will those linebackers live up to, um, to what they need to be in the middle of the field? And that is my only concern. I think, you know, we talked about they had a all around fantastic draft, only drafted depth and exactly what they needed. Um, didn't really lose anybody outside of um, uh, Marshall Yonda. Um, so, you know, I, I, I anticipate this team is still going to be really good next year. Uh, the, the tape on Lamar from year one to year two did absolutely nothing for anybody else. Um, <laughs> sure. We all thought, well, everybody can spend the – and that's without Corona – that we can all spend the off season and learn Lamar and he still wrecked the league. Um, they'll make the playoffs. They'll win the division. Um, I don't know if they'll be a one seed. Um, I, in my opinion, that's going to end up being the Chiefs probably. Um, but can they get over that hump in, um, in the playoffs? So, cause the first year Lamar struggled to throw drastically. In, um, in his rookie season. And that's the team. There's a team that they had beaten. Was it the Chargers? Maybe they had beaten the Chargers during the season. And then the Chargers already had that experience playing them. Yeah. And so in Lamar's rookie year, first time showing up the playoffs, they got beat. Understandable. Last year, the Titans were not supposed to do that to them. <laughs> and uh, especially with them putting up ridiculous numbers like 500 yards from Lamar himself, and they only scored 12 points. But if I remember correctly, all of those yards came at the end of the game when they were trying to hurry and catch up. Um, yeah. So I think those numbers are a little skewed, if I remember correctly. But 
can they get over that hump and at least be competitive in a playoff game? Because last year they lost by 16. The year before, the the Ravens couldn't move at all. Um, So how are they going to look? Um, All right, over-under. They had 14 wins last year. Uh, We'll throw the same in there as well because, you know, that's a really high win total. So over, under, the same. I've got them under. I've got them going 13-3. and Um, And I think, for me, that means they'll finish with the best record in the AFC. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, this this team's just really good, man. Um, But I think they're – I think worst-case scenario, which we'll we'll hear from you, but I think worst-case scenario, they go 12-4. and I would be shocked if this team – won less than 12 games. Um, the way that their schedule is and the talent of the team, it just kind of sets it up. Like I think they'll lose, they'll lose one, they'll lose a game to the Browns, one of those two. Um, other than that, they may lose to, to New England and maybe they'll lose to either Kansas City or Tennessee, but they have both those teams at home. So I've got them going 13 to three, man. How about you? What are you over or under or saying? Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, it's going to be really hard to replicate a 14 and two season, especially when you right. didn't expect it this year. Like no one expected yeah. that from them this year. And I feel like the fact that Lamar came out and balled out again, everyone who's playing the Ravens are going to ensure that they double study the tape. Um, yeah, I, I have them going 12 and four, um, and I actually have the Browns upsetting them in Week One. Um, it's in Baltimore, um, but I, I think I have the I have the Browns coming in upsetting them. But I have them splitting with the Browns, so I have them later in the season fighting for the division spot, coming to Cleveland and beating us. But I think they go twelve and four. I think we beat them once. Um, I, I don't think they beat the Chiefs. Um, and then the other two, I have the Steelers somehow scraping by with one because. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the AFC North and the, and the division there, and then either um, the Titans or the Patriots in that back-to-back home area or back-to-back games there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so not, nonetheless, so twelve and four, and I have them winning the division. Um, and then obviously, with your record, you put forth if you said thirteen and three, then you have them winning the division. So we once again yeah. agree here. Um, <laughs> Only last week. That's the only was it last week or two weeks ago? I don't know. These weeks last are running week. together, man. Last yeah, week. All right, so there we go. There's our divisions. What about any bold predictions we have here? Yeah. Um so mine may or may not be bold. Um <laughs> I am rocking and rolling with your Cleveland Browns. Um I think the second part might be bold, but the so I've got the Cleveland Browns finishing. Uh they will finish in the top ten both offensively and defensively. Um that's maybe not a ball prediction because the talent is there to do it. Um that may be a ball prediction because obviously the talent was there last year and they didn't they didn't do it, but you know, Freddie. Um and then my second part <laughs> is enough, that that uh that Nick Chubb will lead the league in both rushing yards and rushing TDs. That one's going to be a little bit harder to do because they got a two-headed monster. Um, but I'm super high on Nick Chubb. I think he has the potential to do it. He finished second last year. I think he's going to end up leading the league in rushing and uh, rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, even with Kareem Hunt taking snaps or whatever from him. So that's my bold prediction, my man. 
Um, thoughts on it, or what is your bowl prediction? Well, that's a sore subject because Nick Chubb should have led the league in rushing <laughs> last year. Freddie Kitchens in, in, the, in the final week blew it for him. But anyway, anyway. Um, oh, also, I forgot to make a Browns reference during the Ravens. Um, <laughs> I like to refer to them as the used-to-be Browns, and I formally claim both of their Super Bowls as Cleveland yeah. victories. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> to my bold prediction. Um, I can't decide if this is bald or not. I'll let you decide. The Steelers will come in last place in the AFC North this Ooh, year. Ooh, that is. They. Go ahead. I was going to say that is. Uh, I was going to say that is bold, but I actually kind of have to think about it. I mean, <laughs> that makes, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I, I did not. I was very hesitant. I, I, I know I said how many games I thought the Bengals would win. I, I didn't, I made sure not to say how many I thought the Steelers would win, just because yeah. then I, I thought you would notice that I chose a number under the, uh, the Bengals. But I think with that, that offense, with those questions, uh, the defense could only keep up for so long. Uh, I think that, um, I think it might finally work miracles last year. I don't think it works. I don't think miracles will happen for him a second year in a row. I think it will yeah. come in last in the AFC North. My bold that, is, that is pretty bold. Yeah, that is pretty bold, man. We'll uh, we'll see, man. It's gonna depend on Ben and uh, and James Conner, but I I don't know. I don't think it would surprise me, but yeah, for now that is a bold prediction. I like how we begin our bold predictions with. I don't think this is a bold prediction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to give yourself Just a way out. <laughs> being all sorts of gutsy out there with. I don't know if this is bold, but. <laughs> Look, man, you got us covered when he called Cam Newton the MVP. So, like, from here on out, we don't really have to be super bold with any of our That's true. That, that takes it, man. You covered us both with that one. Everything else can be lukewarm predictions <laughs> uh, because I said that because I said Cam Newton was going to win the MVP. <laughs> That's right, man. Lukewarm takes by Aaron Donatus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry. So that wraps up another week of divisional um, previews. Next week, we will be looking at uh, the NFC South and Donatus's favorite team, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and we will have our very first guest on us with the show, Jimmy McDonald. Uh, we have referenced Woo! him quite a few times, and he will woo, he'll be here to hopefully drop some knowledge um, and tell us about how terrible the Atlanta Falcons are. Amazing. <laughs> Anything you want to uh, leave our listeners with? Rise up, Falcons. <laughs> and with that, we are out.